back to another episode of the Freedom Talks podcast, everybody. This week, I'm here with Mike Verplanke, who is our manager out in Grafton. Mike, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely, Joe. Anytime. Mike has been here. Mike, how long have you been with Freedom? Uh, man, I started working here in 2005. So what are we, 18 years? 19, almost coming up on 19 years in July. And if, how long have you been uh, in Grafton? Did you start in Grafton right away? I started in Grafton, yeah. This is the only place I've been. I've helped out on Fox Point maybe a handful of times just uh, to help uh, cover you know, vacations or illness or something like that. But uh, otherwise, I've been here the whole time. And fun fact about Mike, his wife actually works for Freedom as well. Marion is an OT with us, uh, but they don't work at the same clinic. Yeah, they got to keep us separated. They can't have an inter-office romance. So, <laughs> Did, uh, did Marion, you and Marion come to Freedom at the same time? Uh, so she started in, I think, October, uh, same year. Okay. Um, but so uh, I, I've got more, more tenure than she does, more seniority. <laughs> Mike, tell us a little bit, you know, give us your, your background, you know, you know, where you're from, where you went to PT school, how you got um, started at Freedom. Just kind of give us a little overview. Yeah. So um, I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, um, was a, a big hockey player when I was growing up. And uh, I knew I wanted to to play uh, hockey in college. Um, and I also knew I wanted to do something in healthcare. So um, the, the best opportunity for me to kind of do both, I ended up going to St. Mary's University in Winona, Minnesota, uh, played Division three hockey there for four years and got uh, my undergrad degree with a master's or a, a bachelor's in uh, biology and um, then went to PT school. Um, at the time, it was Finch University of Health Sciences, the Chicago Medical School down in uh, North Chicago. Now they've changed the name to Rosalind Franklin University. Um, got my DPT. We were actually the first graduating class from that PT school uh, to get uh, the DPT um, um, degree. Uh, back then, well, so that was in 2001 when I graduated. Back then, there weren't very many schools offering the DPT. Yeah, that was relatively uh, new, wasn't it? I'm sorry? That was relatively new at the time. Yeah. So I think there were only about five schools in the nation that were offering it at that point. Um, so we were one of the, we were one of the first ones. Um, and uh, so Marion and I met uh, when we were at St. Mary's um, and she ended up going to OT school at Concordia. Um, and that's why I, I kind of picked the North Chicago uh, location for PT school. So we'd be a little closer um, then she's from the area here. So she kind of won the battle of, of where we live and, uh, the rest is history. So I basically have lived now in Wisconsin since 2000. So I've lived here longer than I did back in St. Louis. So do you consider yourself a Wisconsinite now or no, no, <laughs> nope, I still won't. Still won't. Can't lose the roots. Do you still cheer for every St. Louis team or you've converted to yeah. some, uh, I, I will cheer for the Packers because St. Louis, uh, we were robbed of our football team um, twice. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but uh, I'm still St. Louis Cardinal fan, uh, St. Louis Blues fan, and uh, if if the Cardinals aren't in it, I like like this past postseason, I was rooting for the Brewers. But um, no, it's it's all St. Louis teams. Ultimate collapse from the Cardinals in 2023. Well, that was that was brutal. That was brutal, and I don't know. They've tried some things this off season. I 
don't seems like they do just enough to try to get into the playoffs and then they hope and pray that maybe they can catch fire um it'd be nice to see them do a little bit more uh but i think the majority of baseball teams and baseball cities say that about their team except for the dodgers and the yankees because they just spend a ton of money and don't seem to care um nice problem to have a bunch of money it's it's a great problem to have but then if you look back at how many at the last you know 20 years, I mean, what, the Dodgers won one World Series, and that was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the Yankees, what, they won in early I 2000s? I think it was 2009 was the last one with Girardi. So, so they haven't won much either. So you can spend a ton of money, and uh, then it can all backfire on you. So, uh, you know, the Cardinals have been lucky in that they usually have been in it. Um, you know, they do get into the postseason for the most part almost every year, and they're competitive almost every year. Um, but, you know, as a as a fan, you kind of want to see uh, a little more. You want to see that big move. You know, you want to see a little bit more money spent to get that big name and yeah. have a little more buzz going into the regular season. But, you know, time will tell. How are the Blues? I don't follow hockey too much. Um, they're hovering around 500. I think they're slightly old for 500. Uh, I'm not sure where they are in the standings. Um I haven't looked. I haven't looked at the standings in probably about a month. Uh, we got to go to a game when we were back home in St. Louis for uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, saw them see the Nashville Predator, Predators, so the uh, the parent club of the Admirals, uh, and it wasn't a good game for the Blues. I think we got beat eight to three. It was it was terrible, but it was a lot of fun. That was our our uh, our kids. That was our first NHL game to go to, so it was a lot of fun. And all three girls have done hockey. So two of my three daughters play hockey. Uh, my oldest daughter, she's a junior. Uh, um, her favorite sport is volleyball. Uh, so she's played high school volleyball, and she's playing club volleyball right now. And then she'll also play high school soccer. She does that just for fun. Um, my middle daughter, uh, she's a freshman. She's playing basketball right now. Um, she, did, she decided to play basketball instead of high school hockey. Uh, but she still does hockey in... Um, like the fall and the you know spring summer, um, and then she'll also play high school soccer. And my youngest daughter plays hockey, uh, hockey and volleyball. So, and I've I've been coaching, but been lucky enough to be able to coach uh, my middle daughter and my youngest daughter in hockey since they started skating. So I've been coaching now since oh gosh, eleven years, eleven years, twelve years. So it's been a it's been a big juggle trying to work full time and. Uh, um, then you get home and you're tired. You got to get some food in you and then off to practice. Then you get home and get the kids to bed. And there's not a lot of, of downtime, you know, uh, family time, especially during the week. And then now on the weekends, you know, with, um, club volleyball and hockey and, uh, we're just, uh, we're just running around the place all over the place. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of chaotic, but you know, it is a lot of fun. Uh, when we do have a down weekend, it, uh, um, we all look at each other like what, like we're bored, you know, like what are we supposed to be doing? <laughs> so, yeah. And I mean, I was going to ask you anyway, Mike has, he alluded to it, three teenage daughters and they're three within, are they three years apart? Yes. Three, yeah. So next year, next year I'll have, so my, my oldest and my middle are 18 months apart and my middle and my youngest are 18 months apart. Uh, and next year, I will have all three of them in high school at the same time. I'll have a senior, sophomore, and a freshman. So, oh uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a handful, absolutely. And two drivers then next year too. 
Oh, so you guys are really going to have it. There's going to be cars everywhere. You're going to look like a used car lot at the yeah, right. <laughs> well, hey, my um, my old car, my 2003 Camry has now been passed down to my oldest daughter. So um, so my wife and I both got upgrades and and she got the uh, she got the old one. So but it outside of some of the body rust, that car is awesome. Didn't you buy that car new? We did. Yeah. So it's 21 years old now. How many miles? Uh, 224,000. <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> now, as I said at the beginning too, Mike's wife also works for freedom. Mike, how do you guys manage? Because you work the same schedule I do with the more for closer to four tens, right? Yes. Yeah. I know Marion's part-time, but still working in healthcare is not the largest family friendly, um, occupation. I don't think. And it's just the reality um, yeah. of it. How do you manage having three very close in age now teenage daughters and being a healthcare provider. Yeah. So one of the, I think one of the best things about working here at freedom is some of the schedule flexibility. Um, you know, we were able to, when we, when Marion and I started having, cause Marion was full time until we started having children. Um, and then once we started having children, we knew we, we didn't want to do childcare if we could. Um, so that's when we, I went to four, uh, basically 10, 11 hour days. So I have Mondays off, um, and Marion switched to two full days and a half a day. So she works full time, uh, or full days on Mondays and Thursdays and a half a day on Tuesday. So really without me being home on Monday and, and my wife being home then Wednesday and Friday, um, and Tuesday afternoons, we only really needed a day and a half of kind of help with our children. And um, one of the reasons we stayed in the area here was because my wife's family all lives here. So uh, we've we've got a very good support group that my mother-in-law was was able to kind of come over and help out Tuesday mornings and and Thursdays to kind of give us a little bit of help with the childcare. Um, you know, and it's. It's hard in healthcare, you know, if, if you got a sick kid, um, you know, and you've got to call in to work, you know, it's not just affecting my schedule. It's affecting all the patients that were on my schedule or it's affecting my coworkers who, oh, you know what, if they have an opening, maybe one of my patients would be okay to go see, you know, another therapist. So it, it's, a, it's slightly different than, you know, especially now with a lot of jobs, you can work from home. You can work, uh, you can do a lot of remote work. Uh, and things like that and, and being a physical therapist being in healthcare you know there's some telehealth stuff that you can do but with what we do we are so hands-on and so one-on-one -on -one with people it's really difficult to to miss a day so it's it has been a hard juggle but we have worked to you know my wife and i have worked together to really try to get our schedules to to, to fit and to still keep the kids in as many activities as possible and still be as involved as we can with with their sports and it's a lot i'm sure for you guys right now you're somewhere probably every night of the week. It seems like it. Yes. <laughs> the good thing is, is high school, once high school sports, I'm, I'm finding this out. Once high school sports kick in, most of that stuff is during the week. So, um, high school volleyball, high school basketball. Okay. I might have games Thursday and Friday night, but Saturday, Sunday, there's really not much going on. So it's the, it's the club stuff that kind of ruins the weekends. Um, so volleyball and hockey right now are kind of consuming our weekend time. But, uh, but like I said, it is fun. It's, it's probably my last year coaching because my youngest will be in high school next year. So if she plays hockey, odds are she'll be playing high school. 
Uh, she does have one more year of eligibility left to play at uh, the Ozaki Ice Dogs at the club level if she wanted to. Uh, but I think she'll probably choose the high school route. And if that's the case, then um, I won't be coaching any of my kids anymore, which will be kind of a a, a bittersweet day. You know, it's, yeah. I'll have more time. I can actually work out more maybe <laughs> um, and have a little bit more time to myself. But it's also one of those where yeah, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss kind of the, the car ride to and from practice and uh, the, the, the hockey games and the road trips and things like that. It, it's a lot of me- a lot of good memories. Yeah. Does uh does Grafton have a girls hockey team? Uh, they don't. Um, the they have a co-op um, for the girls high school team. There's I believe nine schools that form a co-op. Oh wow! For the Lakeshore Lightning that runs out of Ozaki, which is right by our house. So it's uh, Cedarburg, Homestead, Grafton, Port, both West Bends, um, Slinger, Hartford, and Ozaki. Yeah, those are the nine schools. Wow, that's just a huge area. It is. It's a. It's a lot of schools to to coordinate. Um, they've got enough for uh, almost two full. You know, they do have a varsity and a JV, but some of the JV players play up on varsity too. Um, I think there's talk about um, like West Bend and Hartford and Slinger possibly starting their own team. So kind of consolidating some of those schools. I don't know. I don't know if that'll be a good thing or a bad thing because I think it's going to, you know, it's going to pull away from the Lakeshore Lightning for sure. Uh, so I'm not sure what's going to do to the numbers. But now, like practice, do they always, like, for instance, my high school started a hot girls hockey team when I was there, but they would like split practices during the week. Like one week it'd be in my hometown, another week it would be whatever, an hour away, do they do that for practice or is it always at Ozaki? Most of the time right now it's at Ozaki. Occasionally they'll go up to West Bend uh, to the rink there. Um, but Ozaki's got the the two ice sheets, so a little bit more room, a little bit more ice availability um, than what West Bend does with just the one sheet and with all their youth programs and everything. It's, it's, hard, to, um, it's hard to get high school time up there. Got it. Now, Mike also is not just a physical therapist um, at Freedom. He's also a manager up in Grafton. Um, Mike, what are some of the other kind of job roles, responsibilities that you've taken on as the manager of a clinic as well, on top of being, you know, super busy already? You know, it's it, it varies day to day. You know, a lot of times, you know, well, main thing is, is, you know, looking at productivity and, and the numbers for, you know, our, the therapist just to make sure everybody's you know, staying busy and treating well and trying to get everybody, you know, continuing education and work on um, additional skills, um, meeting with the therapists, uh, part of, you know, hiring uh, aides and helping with hiring front desk staff. Um, But there's always just little fires that pop up every day, Um, you know, trying to get new chairs in the treatment rooms and the front desk area, um, new equipment, uh, updating here and there, um, you know, handling any other issues that might pop up. Uh, if there's any uh, um, marketing things, just trying to get out and market to the doctors, uh, do community marketing, community referral sources, um, other community programs. It's, it's kind of never ending. Um, honestly, I could probably clear my caseload and and just do that. Uh, but we live here in Grafton. 
Um, I've been here almost 21 years as a therapist and uh, almost 19 years, sorry, uh, as a therapist. So a lot of in the community, a lot of people in the community know me, know who I am, know the name, know I work here. So, um, you know, when the phone rings, I would say it's a 75% chance they know me, I know them, and they're trying to get on my schedule somehow. So um, the good thing is, is that, you know, I'm part of the hiring process for all the therapists here. And, you know, I make sure that um, the therapists that we have would be people that I would want to be treated by, that I would want my family to be treated by, um, that they're good therapists, but also good people. So um, that's probably one of the other big, big things that, you know, that I have to to focus on is making sure that we've got the right people here. I feel like that's the unique part about freedom and being a small business is a lot of those little details really matter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, we're, we're treating, we're treating patients, but we're also building relationships. You know, we, um, we have the benefit of seeing our patients for, you know, 45 to 60 minutes and, you know, you get to know them, you get to know about their family and, um, you know, other activities that they do outside of, uh, of the, you know, just coming for PT, you know, what their job is, well, you know, do they play golf? Do they ski? Do they bake? Do they knit? You know, are they, you know, wine or bourbon enthusiasts, you know, things like that. You just, you get to know people and you build those relationships and then those relationships, you know, they have good outcomes and they tell their family and friends. And then we just kind of continue to build from there. And, and I think a lot of, of the patients that we get are, friends and family and community referrals because you know that's that's kind of the way direction everything is going in healthcare right now most doctors are kind of lined up with a hospital system and the systems are um you know pretty eh, pretty against their doctors referring out of systems so um you know patients can request to go anywhere uh, but i don't know if a lot of patients realize that um so you know, we really have to do a good job of, of treating the patient well, but also building, building that, that relationship. Yeah. I think that's something that's, I think you're seeing it change more and more. Even me as a young therapist, uh, I found out the hard way a couple of times to really have an open conversation sometimes with patients of you can go anywhere for uh, your physical therapy, wherever you feel comfortable. I think now places are just seeing that we can just keep it in house, which, yeah. is, which is great too. I mean, it's all under one roof, um, but that's where we, Sometimes it's difficult. Yep. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of patients don't understand the the, the cost benefits of coming to a, a place like like Freedom too, because um, you know the hospitals can demand larger contracts and better reimbursement rates for them, but that also means that um, if the patient has a balance, if they've got a, a, a coinsurance of twenty percent or ten percent. Uh, because the hospitals make more in reimbursement, that also means that the patient's responsibility is, is more. Um, so it's actually, you know, I, I you're going to get better care for uh, a better money here. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that we've talked about it. Scotty and I have talked about it. Mike and I have talked about it. Jeff and I have talked about it. I'm sure you guys have talked about it in manager meetings all the time. Like that's, it's not bragging or anything. It's just a reality of the state of healthcare right now. Yeah. Yep. Tell us a little bit too about the patient population that you see more of in Grafton that you personally treat. So for me personally, uh, I am certified in um, the head, neck, and the jaw area as a craniofacial uh, certification. 
Uh, so I see a lot of, of TMJ patients, patients who have uh, uh, jaw issues or jaw pain, um, neck pain, whiplash, uh, headaches. Um, those That's really probably about 75% of the people that I see. I do see everything else. I've got some shoulders and knees and hips and, and spine that I, that I see as well. Um, but the majority of what I treat is uh, head, neck, and jaw. Um, like Mike Karajinas, I have... Uh, I have that CFC, that craniofacial certification, that ah, when I passed the test back in 2018, 2019, I forget the date now, but there were only about 45 people in the country that had that CFC certification. Uh, there might be uh, more now. I'm sure there are more now. I'm sure more people have taken the test, but um, but it's there's not many people that... Um, know how to treat TMJ problems and know how to treat it well. Um, you know, coming out of PT school, we get a little bit of training on it, but not enough to be proficient. Um, and uh, so I, I think that's that's one of the niches that really kind of sets uh, me apart and, and sets us apart as uh, a company is that we do a very good job of, of helping these patients. Yeah. And you also help Mike teach his classes, right? Yes, I do. Um, so, yeah, Mike goes uh, throughout the country. Actually, he's been more international now because I know he's gone to Canada to teach. Uh, and I believe he's going to be going to Europe this year as well. Um, I don't know if I'll be invited on that trip. That would be pretty cool. But, um, but yeah, usually about uh, three to three, four or five times a year, I'll go and help him on some of his larger classes, um, help teach Um this uh, uh, continuing education classes for uh, for current PTs on on evaluation and treatment of TMJ issues. And Mike, in my personal experience with it, taking Mike Caragenis's class, Mike is Mike knows more about TMJ than I will ever know about anything physical. Therapy. He's amazing in my whole career. Mike was going through some stuff, and I'm like, God, I don't understand this. Mike, can you come over and help me? And Mike's like, You were just like, just do it like this. This is what it actually means which yeah. made it so much more easy to understand because it's a lot. It it's is. PT school, like like you said, but they don't really teach it because there's not time to do it. They don't. And, you know, I think coming out, they, they try to give you the, the stuff that you're going to see the most of, um, not realizing that we actually could see a ton in this area because of its connection to the, to the head and the neck uh, with headaches and people who have neck pain and most patients who have TMJ issues also have neck pain. So, um, you know, I think they, sh they should do a better job of teaching this area. Um, I've actually been lucky enough to also help Mike teach at Marquette and actually at my old PT school down in North Chicago. Um, we've had a class there, um, Usually it's about a three-hour lecture and then a three-hour lab. So they're already getting more than what we got, I think, coming out of school. Um, but I think it still could be even more. I feel like that – I mean, that, I think that would be interesting to have you and Mike as you guys teach it too to see things from the other side of the curtain. Probably Erin too because she teaches at Marquette. A better way to distribute that education to PT schools or how we do it better because – I do think, especially in the TMJ example, there's such a lacking of kids coming out of just the knowledge of, you know, what do you do if someone comes across like this? Because it will happen. Yeah, yeah, it does. And that's, you know, hopefully 
you know, they'll have the the luxury of having somebody, a colleague in their clinic that maybe has some experience in treating it. Maybe they've taken Mike's class or they've taken some other classes that can give them a little bit more insight into what might be going on. But I also think, it, you know, in those cases, you know, the therapist should be finding somebody in the area that may be better at treating it. You know, there's no reason we shouldn't be, you know, just like, you know, we refer to orthopedic surgeons. Um, you know, if there's an orthopedic surgeon that specializes in the, the knee versus the shoulder, um, you know, and we refer to one versus the other based on the diagnosis or the body part, you know, if there's a physical therapist that doesn't know what they're doing, you're doing a disservice to the patient. Just let's get them to, to a therapist that, um, that can help in that area. And I think that's something that, I mean, I talk, I was just talking about this topic with a, the patient I just finished with. I, I think it's a skill that's really hard to have for people because it, it, it sometimes patients might look at it the wrong way, but admitting like, I don't know the answer to what's going on. I'm going to find out and get you to a person that can do a better job. Yeah. I think that's the best way to go about it because I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm good at certain things and I know that I'm, I'm not as good um, with certain, uh, with certain aspects. But again, that's why I've got, um, you know, six other therapists here in this clinic that if there is something that I'm having trouble with, or, you know, if a new eval calls and uh, my front desk asks if, you know, who's it, who's an appropriate patient for I mean, I can say, Oh, this, you know, spine for this patient and, or for this therapist and a foot for this therapist and, you know, women's health goes to that one. And, you know, and if I have, if I'm stuck on something, yeah, absolutely. I am going to pull in one of my colleagues. And if we're still stuck, I've, I've sent a, a patient to another therapist right down the road and just say, Hey, I need help with this. Um, and the, the, the page, I mean, it, it's all about helping the patient, right? It's, it's, I could, I could keep that patient here and keep doing the same old thing and keep spinning our wheels or, I can do what's right for the patient, you know, and, that, and that's what it comes down to is making sure that we're doing everything we can that's right for the patient. I agree. And I, I also think that's a nice part about freedom, especially for me coming in as a new grad. Not, I mean, not knowing anything really is pretty much across the board. I feel like we could take pretty much most diagnoses or body parts or types of physical therapy. And we do have a therapist who knows a lot about it. So if you have a question about anything, there should be someone within the company that is pretty proficient in it, which yeah. for me as a new grad, I think is one of the best benefits there is. Yeah. Oh, we've got so many people that specialize in certain niches that, yeah, we, we pretty much within, within our company itself, I think we should be able to, to cover almost everything uh, and do it very well. Yeah. No, I agree. Mike with a lot of the um, TMD patients that you see, are there any tips or any common presentations that you see with patients that you see a lot that any tips to give them as to improve their pain or um, to really assess if they've got a true TMD dysfunction? Yeah. So it seems like a lot of, a lot of my patients posture can come into play. And then I, I don't want to, 
state that posture is the problem or posture is really the driver of all TMJ issues because that's not the case. Because you'll see people with absolutely horrendous posture who have no TMJ issues, and you'll see people who have great posture who have a ton of TMJ issues. Um, but our changes in our posture with how, you know, whether we're on our computer a lot uh, or on our phone a lot, I mean, I think that can be a driver with some of the symptoms. Um but a lot of the problems that people have with the TMJ area tends to be muscular, whether it's stress, um, clenching during the day, which most people don't realize that they're doing uh, until we point it out to them. Because um, really at rest, our teeth should not be touching. And um, most people, I think, find that they are having their teeth touch uh, frequently throughout the day, whereas really we're the only time we should we should have our teeth touching is when we're swallowing. Um, so the muscle component of the TMJ issue is really probably one of the biggest issues that patients have of uh, stress and strain. So um, trying to get that area to relax is going to be really key. And kind of building off that too, if a listener, if I feel like I've got um, a TMJ issue, when should I come see a physical therapist? Honestly, the sooner the better, because a lot of times we can nip the problem in the bud right away, um, try to give techniques that may help with relaxation, that may uh, help with giving you some self-massage or self-care ideas to try to break that habit so that hopefully it doesn't become something that's more chronic. So the sooner the better. Um, I've even had patients that, um, have a jaw that clicks, um, that they come just to, Hey, what's going on with my jaw? I tell them what's going on as far as that click goes and that, you know, that's, it's, it's benign. It's not a problem. Um, they have no pain. They have no functional limitations. They just have that click. So we just kind of discuss that and, um, we kind of just watch we don't over treat we just want to kind of see kind of how things go um and we'll get people in if the if it becomes starts becoming painful or if they start limiting uh some of their range of motion or they're having difficulties eating then we kind of get back into it so uh, even getting a baseline is is nice to do so the sooner the better most li- or people that are listening if they need to go see a tmj specialist we do see it at all four locations right yes we do Yes, we have uh, here at, in Grafton, we've got uh, actually four therapists that will treat it. Uh, Fox Point, I believe there's four. Two, three, four. Four, I believe. Yeah, I mean, um, in Brookfield, I believe there's two or three. And McGonagall has, uh, I believe, at least one. So, yes, I think we there should be somebody at every clinic that... Uh, that should be able to to do a thorough evaluation and treatment of that condition. Mike, I always like to end with a question that represents, I think, physical therapists, our personalities and our personal lives really overlap in our professional lives. Um, so I'd like to finish with the question of what motivates you to be a better person or physical therapist? Well, I think I, number one is, is seeing how um, good Mike Karagenis is. <laughs> I think he kind of holds, holds the gold standard for, uh, for us as therapists. Um, I mean, that, that guy knows his stuff, um, not just about TMJ, but about everything. So trying to, to kind of live up 
to and follow that reputation um, is something that I really want to try to do. Um, and again, knowing that I, I live here in the community, I work here in the community, um, you know, I want to make sure that um, my name and Freedom's name ha- is held in high regard. Um, so I want to make sure that I can provide the best possible care that I can to all the patients that we see here. Um, you know, I know even in PT school, they say you can't help everybody. And there are some people that, you know, unfortunately, no matter how hard you try, you just can't get um, to 100 percent. But, you know, I, I want to make sure that we're giving everybody something. You know, they're walking out saying it wasn't a waste, you know, whether it's uh, tips and tricks on 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 how to sit better, on how to work better, on how to function better, uh, how to stretch better, how to live healthier, whatever it is. I I just want to make sure that I I'm doing everything I can to help people out. And Mike's answer is with every single other person I've talked to at Freedom. Mike's personality is the same as he is as a physical therapist. He will never say it, but Mike is probably one of the nicest therapists we have here at Freedom. Who's that, me? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So here's a fun fact. Mike might not even remember this. Fun fact about Mike. I've been waiting for this podcast to talk Uh-oh. about it. When I first was hired at Freedom, we had a dinner in Milwaukee at whatever, 8 o'clock at night on a work night. And Mike was the first person that I met that wasn't at Freedom. And you're super warm, super welcoming. And he said, welcome to Freedom coming from my last company that we didn't really talk anything and about our personal lives. I just felt it was very welcoming and really made me feel like I was in the right company. So Mike, thank you. Awesome. Absolutely, buddy. Well, I'm glad you're here. Mike, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I know we had to squeeze this in before yeah. a couple patients this afternoon. If anybody has any questions or wants to see Mike and Grafton or anybody else, Mike, you're right off the highway in Grafton, aren't you? Right off the highway, right by Target, Home Depot and Costco, right on 60. So we are very accessible right off the highway, even though there's some construction going on. But uh, but we are open and we're here. Very accessible, very easy. Mike, thank you again. Thank you for having me. You got it. We'll see you soon, okay? All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.